On today's show, we have Jamie Thompson, the lore master of Vulcan Forge. Vulcan Forge is an NFT game studio, marketplace, and DAP incubator. The company currently has over 10 games, a community of 20,000 plus, and has a top five marketplace volume. Welcome, Jamie, to the show. I know it's not Jamie Thompson, the CEO of Vulcan Forge, but Jamie Thompson, the uncle, we'll call him. Why don't you get started with telling us more about what you're doing at Vulcan Forge? I suppose I should explain then that I'm not the CEO, Jamie Thompson. I'm another Jamie Thompson, but the CEO is my nephew, strangely enough. And he can't make it because the company has kind of taken off into the stratosphere and he's very busy. And I actually work for him now as his enslaved uncle, once his uncle, now his wormling minion. And I must do as he commands, which is to discuss metaverse gaming versus traditional gaming to start with. And then I'll try and answer any questions that Joe might have about crypto and stuff. The reason I'm the law master, as it were, of the Vulcanverse is that um, I've written quite a lot of choose-your-own-adventure game books, computer games. I started out my career in the 80s doing Dungeons & Dragons type stuff, so I've been game books, novels, computer games, board games, 40 years of goblins. So my nephew naturally brought me in on an MMO fantasy crypto game to help with the writing. And one of the interesting things that we've discovered early on, we had thought play to earn, as they call it, would completely take over the market and it would destroy the old pay to play model. But that really hasn't been the case. In fact, there's been a hell of a lot of resistance from the traditional gaming model. They want nothing to do with NFTs. They hate NFTs. They hate crypto. They hate the idea of playing to earn. They want to play to play. They want to play for fun. And that sort of changed the way that we we could approach the design of the Vulcanverse. I suppose I should say the Vulcanverse is one of the first play-to-earn crypto games out there in the, in the market. And it's um, started quite small, but already has something like over 100,000 registered users. The staff is going up to 70 or, or might be more than that already. It's exponentially grown in a literally year, but it's not been by grabbing gamers from other MMOs from Warcraft or, or the rest of it so much. There is a little bit of that, but it's a new kind of market. It's a new kind of player. And one of the things that it's difficult to design for is, I don't know, Joe, if you've played anything like Assassin's Creed or any of these other games, but these are big, long games that people play for 600 hours. And they incrementally grow their little characters that they own. So they go from level 45 to level 46. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I was going to talk about, because in that particular game, you end up completely filling all the skill trees, classes, and you start incrementally playing for hours to increase the skill of any given skill you might have, like your skill with a sword, by 1%. And this is the sort of obsessive gaming thing that, they want something else that we can't provide. Because if you provide in a metaverse play to earn environment, anything that takes so long, it becomes a barrier to what people want to do, which is to earn money. That's their primary goal by playing the game through crypto, because it's a new, exciting way of earning money. And also it's less boring than selling stocks and shares, I suppose. You actually engage in an activity, a game, you play a game, and you get money. But it isn't so much about the gaming. 
as what we think it's about the ownership. And that changes the way people play and think, not really how they play, but why they play. Because there's a great sense of community in the Vulcanverse, as an example, people form guilds. And there are these quadrants like Hades and I wrote this Dark Lord children's book, so I, my, my username is Dark Lord. And obviously, Hades is my favourite quadrant, for it is the quadrant of the dead. <laughs> but there's also Arcadia, which is like a land of flowers and trees and dryads. It's all Greek myth-based. And then there's Notus, the land of the burning desert sands and um, the frozen winds of Boreas, the north. And these were made of 10,000 plots of land. And the first thing that happened was that the Vulcanverse sold plots of land, digital land, in an online world. And they were sold out virtually within a week. And now people are sort of buying and selling to each other plots of land, and they get to build on them. And some of these plots of land are going for like 500 per, which I'm in the crypto markets. Per is the token that drives the economy of the Vulcanverse. Per, which means Greek for fire is based on a real economy with real people exchanging goods and selling stuff to each other. And I know that everything's taking a big hit because like £2.50 or whatever, $3, say. And only before December, it was 30 or $50 even. But even so, people are buying and selling land to each other for 500 or more per ago because the land is highly valuable. You can stake it and earn per from it. And it also enables you to enter the Vulcanverse and then use creatures called Vulcanites, which are the things that I've created the names for in little backstories. And they're NFTs that you can play the game with and you use them to forage and fight and earn experience. And that gives you lava, which is an in-game currency that you can then convert into purr. So it's a fun way of earning money, ultimately. But it doesn't feel like that because it's a very powerful community, quadrant-based, and people talk to each other and they meet online and there's a lot of stuff going on and and that's part of the sense of ownership that i was talking about earlier the thing about the vulcanites it's not just any old nft it's like an nft that you see in the world and it's beside you and it becomes like your pet and your companion and you send it out to do things and the more powerful the level of vulcanite so that there's all greek myths so some of them are harpies and some of them are um, medusa is one of them that you can get and i have quite a few of the NFTs in Hades, my favourite. There's even one based on me. It's called Blubberjaw. <laughs> it's a huge, fat, sort of greedy um, denizen, made-up denizen of Hades. But there's also Charon or Charon, who is the barge man of the, who ferries the souls of the dead across the river Styx into Hades. And so these are all Greek myth-based characters. And to own one of those is a thing. It's a real thing, and you feel pride, and you want to own it. People are bidding to own other NFTs. Not just because the higher the level of the NFT, the more successful it's foraging, because there's always a chance you might find some other kind of NFT when foraging. And then there are new projects coming along. So eventually you'll be able to forage with your creature in the Vulcanverse and find a kind of gold token that will be used to get real gold in the real world, gold, platinum and silver. So in that sense, you're playing to get these lucky finds. And the better your Vulcanite, the better the find. But also, it's a fun thing to own because they have their names, they have a little picture. The more you put lava into them, they get animated. And they have a little one-line or a little backstory. And 
that changes the way that law works as well, from my point of view, in a lot of other games. Law is a background thing, but most gamers, does it matter whether it's a, a goblin you're fighting or an ogre of the deserts or you know, make up all this stuff? It doesn't matter too much. But when you own those things, that kind of thing matters. So interestingly, land, plots of land in Arcadia, which is much more of a beautiful, green-looking, pleasant place to play in, sell more than plots of land in Hades, unless you're a goth or into death like I, in which case I, I'm happy to pay more for some land in Hades. Eventually, I want to get enough land that I can put it all together. and The land keeps getting improving, and you have to stake it to make it more higher levels of land, and then you can build more and more. And eventually, I want to be able to build my own Tower of Doom in Hades, and it would be the Dark Lord's Tower, because everyone's land is named, so you know whose plot of land it is. So it's not just playing to earn, it's playing to own, paying to earn. So what do you see, I mean, on the play to earn, I mean, are you seeing that as sustainable, or do you think that's just a temporary thing in the market to kind of, let's call it, go through inning one? No, I think this, this will be a new thing that will probably become its own market in the future. Some of the guys I met are playing are different from your average gamer who really wants his Xbox and he wants to sit there and, and he or she. Some of them are investors who like gaming, but primarily they're investors. Some of them own massive amounts of land and just stake it. But that is a very interesting question because the economy of the whole... I'm, I'm reminded of in the 90s when... Uh, you've heard of Warcraft, of course. I was working for a company called IDOS who did Tomb Raider and stuff. And... Um, there was this game called Warcraft being delivered, and it was just about to come out. And they said it's taken five years to develop and cost $30 million. This was in 1999 or something. And we were all sitting around going, ah, they'll never make that money back. It'll never happen. And they got their money, 30 million pounds in three months, just from monthly subscriptions. And even before that, there was a, a game called Ultima Online. And there were people in that that would hire other players to go out into that world and find stuff for them. They would find them magic swords and magic shields, and then they would sell them to other players offline. And this guy employed three people to go out and get all this stuff for him, and he earned about forty or fifty thousand dollars a year. This is in nineteen ninety-five or whatever. And the GDP of this online game was as big as some small European countries. Anyway, it was huge, and you're getting a similar thing here that's going on. People thought that would never work. And now we have MMOs coming out left, right and centre and there are lots of people happy to pay and they have different monetary economic systems from microtransactions to free, but you buy pay a little bit here, you pay a little bit there. But they sort of come down quite hard on the selling to each other stuff because they don't really want to be a game where people use it to make a living. It's supposed to be a game for fun. Whereas this, we have people who make a living from playing the Vulcanverse. And some of them, if they own a lot of land, can, I know one guy from New Orleans, I think that's how you're supposed to say New Orleans, and he makes a living because he's got so much land. And a lot of other people might, can't afford to buy land, but because they're, say, Filipinos or Thai, any country that has its own currency with a good exchange rate with a dollar, means you can earn dollars playing the Vulcanverse and then turn them into something where you can get decent money out of it. But the whole way the economy works, because we have lava that is the in-game token that is not yet, I think there may be plans to make that an actual tradable token on 
exchanges like Binance and so on. At the moment, it's only the PER that is the, the tradable thing. And there are lots of different things you can do, but it becomes very complicated. So we have part of the problem is that the Vulcanverse grew so fast that we're still trying to balance the economy correctly. And if we get it wrong, we could like burn all our purr and have nothing for anyone to play or all the there's far too much lava in the world and inflation a kind of in-game inflation can happen so these are very important considerations that we're trying to deal with on a daily basis and we have various plans you know like if you wanted we've got a whole new stuff coming online including entire new designs where mostly we have a design team in place who are thinking about some traditional gaming methods or narratives or structures and we have to carefully balance that to make sure the point i made earlier that they don't get in the way of people earning but they do make earning more fun and so if you can make a living whilst really having a good time that's great now i don't know how long making a living will last but certainly earning per will go on for quite a while and the economy it'll certainly be something we hope that people will play for fun whilst also earning a little bit of money on the side and some people can earn a lot of money if they invested early there are some guys that own hundreds of plots of land and with the staking system they're earning a lot of pair every day and they're even making money with per at three dollars or whatever it is now if it goes to fifteen dollars i think it will become a permanent fixture of gaming and i think the vulcanverse is in the forefront of that so the way we're going we've already entirely revamped the graphical system we're doing a redesign of all of the the game stuff, which is a difficult thing to get right because it's a new form of gaming. When you look at massively multiplayer online games, there are various game design features that are common to all of the games. They've become so refined that they, they worked out how to do it just right, easy to use, complicated, but not difficult to understand. And they just tweak them for different settings. So your World War One feature, if you know much about design, you soon realize, oh, that's just... That's just that feature. Just it's been repackaged in a different graphic. And you can buy those packs, right? You can buy those packs on certain websites and so forth, plug them into your game. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same thing with some of the card games like Magic the Gathering. And, and that, that's a great example of you constantly buy new packs of cards. And that's the other thing about the Vulcanverse. I was just, I've just mostly been talking about just the environment that is the Vulcanverse world with the quadrants and the, which is the primary driving force behind it all. But there's also the Berserk card game, which is like Magic the Gathering, and you can buy. So you play an ordinary card game, but some of the cards are NFTs, and they're just a bit more powerful than the other cards. And so people are constantly buying and selling these cards as NFTs as they try to balance their decks. And then when you play and win, you get experience points, which earns you lava, and ultimately will earn you purr. And that can get quite obsessive. And then there's also a chess version. There's the Vulcan Forge Auto Battler. And then there's Vulcan Runner, which is a kind of running game. And then we'll open up new areas of the fantastical Greek world of Tartarus, where you can go and do doom-like combat, where you run through. And also Elysium. And then there's the Elysium blockchain coming along, which is another really interesting development. Because at the moment, the... Um, most of the NFTs that we have in the game, and there are many of them, are on the, uh, I think it's the V-Chain blockchain. So we're going to have to shift everything over to the Elysium blockchain. And that's being built with the latest technology and the latest software. And also it will be carbon neutral. And that's a really important thing because 
Jamie, the other Jamie, inferior Jamie, we should call him, for I am superior, except he's taller and stronger and much, much richer than I am. Curse him. <laughs> but uh, yes, he's been very clever with that and very green because he's a very kind of moral fellow. What happens on the Elysium blockchain? Already, I think about 50,000 trees have been planted with fees that have been earned for the Falconverse company that have been diverted to one of the partners, Kures, I think they're called. And there's new partnerships coming along, which will involve fees from the blockchain, Elysium blockchain, going into planting hundreds of thousands of trees. So it really will be a way of deflecting one of the major criticisms of cryptocurrencies. It's, um, it's uh, what do you call it, ungreen credentials, I suppose, that it takes so much energy to mine Bitcoin and stuff. And so the Elysium blockchain would be completely modern, up to date, and absolutely carbon neutral. And I think that's why it's attracting various people who want to partner with Vulcanverse, including, I think we're allowed to say DKNY. And there's some other big brands. Can you comment maybe on like the token, right? Like PYR, just the utility in the long run. Like I think what everyone sees in the market that these tokens obviously go way up and then come way down and mm. they question the viability and longevity of these in-game tokens and if it's actually a reality in the future. Yeah, so if PER was being traded, I think, on the stock exchange, it would be rocketing because PER is based on a real currency and it's not just a game. It's got all of these other things going on around it different games, but also the green thing, the partnering with fashion brands and its own blockchain. And I think it's going to be around for a while. And I think it's going to change the way it's going to be like a real metaverse in a way that Facebook isn't, if you know what I mean. I doubt it'll ever be as big as Facebook, but I suppose the marketplace might be because Vulcanverse is just one of, of several other crypto-based games and there's like one called the Hustleverse, which is mostly for musicians and stuff, but they're all using Purr in one way or another and will be using the Elysium blockchain. So Purr is really based on a, a lot of things and not just one game. So I think it's going to be around for a long time. And it's frustrating because if it was a, a share in a stock company, it would be shooting up because the company's grown so fast, profits are growing, the deals are being made left, right and centre. And I also believe, having been in gaming all my life, this new play-to-earn model is going to work and it's going to be with us for a long time because there are millions of people who aren't traditional gamers. They don't want to sit in an Xbox on a Saturday night, and, but having fun whilst earning money and owning things that you can buy and sell. So you're not just owning it, you're, like in an MMO, you might have a pet, but in this, you've got something that is worth thousands of dollars. So how do you see like uh, maybe companies or enterprises participating in the Vulcan's metaverse maybe? Well, there's already several that have joined. There's the Hustleverse and there's Coolrest, who are the NFT tree guys. So you buy NFT trees and then the money that's made goes into um, actually planting real ones. There's several already that when we had Vulcan, which was a convention last month, several have already joined, but it's largely based on using the PUR as their token, primary token, and minting their NFTs on the Elysium blockchain. And that can only ever grow. And part of that is the more people you bring in, the more others notice and the more join. Jamie's very good at making these deals. He's a very believable, personable fellow, and he's 
pretty honest. So deals are done and deals are done. And the big names are joining. And if that starts taking off, it can only get bigger. And then finally, I may be allowed to retire. So with so many people launching like thousands of games, right? Let's call it around the whole entire world right now to try to participate in this new blockchain movement. How will winners stand out and be here in five or 10 years? And kind of what, what's going to differentiate those that do win for maybe the listeners that are trying to do due diligence on certain projects to invest in? Mm. Well, for the Vulcanverse, for instance, being a primary mover or first mover is very important. So we're breaking ground really because we sort of didn't know what how it would turn out so we're learning as we go along but there are also different yeah there will be a lot of competitors so being one of the first is very important and getting it right which i think we have is going to be important and then there are huge things about depending on the kind of if it's going to be play to earn then there's always going to be a play element so part of that is going to be matching that game design versus the the need to earn money so that the play becomes an enhancer or an enabler of earning rather than a blocker. So traditional games, you might play for hours and hours to level up. And uh, that's because they want to keep you playing for hours and hours. And you really enjoy it. And it's important in a different sense. So in this play to earn, it's about making sure that you're earning and it's worth your while to spend your time doing this. There will be new things coming along that we hadn't thought of but because we've already gone through the process of this doesn't work this does we're a few steps ahead so i think we'll be here as the first mover for a long time it's like warcraft and there are probably better games than warcraft now but it's been around for so long and you have the time if you can get the time that's what's the problem but there's always time to constantly improve and when you're ahead it's hard to catch up but I'm sure that there will be some new clever things that we've never even thought of that are coming along gaming-wise with the play-to-earn market. And there might also be others where it is just, it's not play-to-earn, it's just earn. You just have to do stuff. I'm not quite sure how that will work. There'll be a whole bunch of new ideas. People will come up with clever things. Maybe just win to earn? <laughs> yeah, just automatically win. Yeah. I mean, isn't that usually how life goes? You win, you earn, right? You win, you get a medal yeah. or something, right? That's basically the fundamentals of, of the Volcoverse, except there is an investment up front. A lot of people have, are earning money, good money now by investing early on in the game. And the goal now for any new person is eventually to earn enough to buy your own plot of land. And you can earn off that and build on it. And I suppose I'm talking too much about the intricacies of Volcoverse. If you don't really, if you never played it, you won't quite understand it but it's worth any investors just joining up you can do a thing called the sedalian program you can get a piece of land for free that enables you to join just wander around for a few hours learning from others play a bit set up your account and then think about it a few hours won't really reveal as much there's so much depth to the game that is in even more coming and all of the other games that go with it it's um essentially you play you earn and you win. How do you guys go to market and attract all these users? And how do you expand outside of, let's say, the, the crypto and blockchain industry, right? Like, because obviously you need to get that user base that's not in just crypto. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one of the things about this deal making that's been going on. So when Jamie makes a deal with DKNY, they'll announce that they've done a deal with the Vulcan Forge team to go on the Elysium blockchain. So it's not just about 
having a big name minting on your blockchain and getting the fees for that, the gas. It's also about your name being attached to theirs. So that's a great way to get, not directly, and they'll probably want to keep you a little bit distant because you're a crypto gaming company that they may not want too close a relationship, but it's enough to get interest. And people go, well, what is this rocket force? What is this blockchain? And come along and have a look. So what is the, I mean, you kind of just mentioned, but for those listening, what is the best way for them to uh, get started with the game and see what it's all about from? Well, it's the start of Vulcan Forged account. And once you've got a Vulcan Forged account, there are all these different games you can play in different ways. And they're all, you have your wallet in the Vulcan Forged account, and that's where your lava and your pearl will go and your NFTs, if you buy any. And then to get into the Vulcanverse, you have to own land or you can rent land. You'll find some land that is free to rent and like it's three months. And, and then you just join and play or buy some land. You can buy land and if you don't like it, you can sell it. So, you know, you can do it without making a loss or maybe a little loss or perhaps you'll make a little profit. But first of all, you'll have, if you're going to do that, you need to buy some per, which you can get on Binance or a bunch of other places and then send that over to your wallet. But once you work it all out, it's, it's, it becomes very satisfying as well because you've earned that per. And you've done that by investing in a certain way. And it just feels good, you know, and that's one of the things that I think about. But that's just the, the main bulk of us. There's also other games that you can play. And you start earning experience, and then you can level up your uh, avatars, and then they become, no, your, um, you'll get a free Vulcanite, which is level 0.1. And you can level him up or her to immediately get some better foraging skills, ultimately level up your avatar, own land, take a while but if you've got money to invest you can go straight in and buy land and powerful volcanites and see how it goes or you just speculate with her all right that was good so i mean basically everyone has a like find you they go get started in the game i mean any closing comments since we're just uh, wrapping up on time anything else you want to leave for the listeners for today have fun that's the thing about the whole vulcanverse thing you're, you're having fun whilst playing around with investment and stuff Okay, well, I hope that helps. Sorry, the inferior Jane couldn't make it. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, so I appreciate it. That was a pleasure, Joe.